This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and welcome to our final episode of the four S's of success. I'm sorry. What did you say? It's good to know you're listening. And I think that's a great segue into our podcast today that's about sales because you have to listen to make a sale and you just totally missed that opportunity. I'm more of a talker than a listener. That's why I'm doing a podcast, in case you wondered. I didn't learn to listen until I was a little more mature in the selling process. And this is very fitting that I didn't even hear what you had to say when you started the podcast. So I just knew you were talking and it was like the Charlie Brown teacher is like just wah, wah, and I didn't know. And I figured when it was time for me to talk, you would just stop talking and I would start saying something. I feel like when I speak to you, that happens a lot. And I used to call it the look that you gave me when you thought I had three heads. And you were even fond of the three heads, but you looked at me like I had three heads. And I just realized that's your zone out look. And that's when I should just be quiet. It's my thinking look. If you've ever been around someone that is a processor, I go into process mode sometimes. I'm really trying to be responsive, but I'm thinking. And I think a lot of business owners have that. I I experienced that as a salesperson. You're trying to make your pitch. You're trying to uncover their challenges, the things that you need to try to solve, the problems that you need to solve. And I didn't really recognize that until I found myself in that seat several years ago now that was just like, wait a minute, I'm a processor. I was taught a long time ago that when you're selling in person, you always carry a really nice pen. And when you hand the contract and you hand the contract over and you put the really nice pen over in front of the person. And then when there's an awkward silence, if you pick the pen up and bring it back to you, then people start to freak out internally because you've taken the pen away and they start talking. You're really aging yourself with the pen discussion. I get it. I know because everything's done via DocuSign now. I understand. Can you take back the e-signature envelope? Oh, absolutely you can. Trust me. I've learned that one. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what I was saying initially was that this is the last of our four episode series of the four S's to success, and that would be sales. And I find it absolutely fascinating that it has taken us about six weeks to get through the four S's of success in this four-part series. And I actually had another four-part series ready to go. I was going to go through the Disney guest expectation and how those applied to the insurance world. But since we were somewhat unsuccessful getting through these four in a consecutive series, I'm thinking that we'll put the Disney episodes off until later. Maybe we need a better system. Maybe we need to be better at being consistent. Maybe we have squirrel-itis. That's our fifth S of success is squirrel. Squirrel. That's That's totally our fifth S. I mean, is it so bad? We had a break a little bit in there. I lost my voice. If I was a rock star, we would have had to cancel some events, some concerts. I'm not a rock star. And he didn't trust me to podcast on insurance by myself. Because that would have been scary. No, you would have been fine. You would have made your way through it. The Google was handy. I did go back and listen to some really early episodes. And I'm like, okay, I really do know more about insurance now than I did two years ago. That's for sure. This is good. At least somebody's learning something. 
even if it's us. So back to the S's, let's talk sales. And this is the one that most of our listeners feel is the most important because that's ultimately how we make our living. It is. And an older agent back in my early days made the comment of nothing happens until the cash register rings. Talk about dating myself. We've never had a cash register in our agency, by the way. We do have a cash register on display as a relic from an agency that we purchased many years ago now. It is ugly. It is not cute. And it's in the foyer. It stays there as a reminder, actually, to me, and nobody really knows this until I'm about to divulge it now. It serves as a reminder to that statement that was told to me in the late 90s of nothing happens till the cash register rings. And my dad used to have this saying every day, everybody he passed that was in some sales capacity and everyone's in a sales capacity. The classic sales statement is everybody's in sales. You run into him, you, gr you meet him in the hallway, whatever. And his statement was, have you sold anything today? And that was just this thing that like came out of his mouth. And eventually you become really ready for that question. Have you sold anything today? That's what the cash register is in the front of the office for me is it's this reminder of, have you sold anything today? Nothing happens until the cash register rings. There is a purpose of that really ugly cash register that we inherited from an agency that was started in 1947. And it just sits in the corner and it serves as this sort of picturesque statue of reminders to me to always think about selling and always be on the forefront of selling. The idea of selling for me when it comes to insurance before I got into the industry goes back to primarily at networking events. And I'm going to be honest with you, the moment that somebody would open their mouths and tell me they sold insurance, I usually would excuse myself to go to the powder room because I found most insurance salesmen in networking events to be completely and totally obnoxious. Now, what I have learned is that the property and casualty insurance agents don't tend to be like that. That was more the idea of health insurance or life insurance, but people have this perception and even Groundhog Day. I mean, like the whole maybe ground. If you think about Groundhog Day, that is one of the images that pops up to me is the insurance salesman. And how do we get over this idea of insurance salespeople are obnoxious and on the same plane as the sleazy used car salesman, especially with the advertising that is out there today? Or should we even try to be different and just embrace what everybody else is doing? Ned Ryerson is the name, by the way, from the life insurance sales guy in Groundhog Day. And if you need a good reminder to go watch Groundhog Day, then here it is. If you go to our social media, I'll put that clip on there for you. There you go. Ever the marketer, Miss Tanya is going to put the clip out there for you. One of the things that I've moved to and obviously this podcast is the result of moving this direction. That is to give versus sell. Part of building an audience, a following, is to give information, be the expert, not in this way that I need something from you. And I've become very comfortable with this idea that enough will return to me. If I am authentic, if I am just who I am, and I don't try to pretend, I don't try to sell, 
well. I don't try to do anything other than provide information, give away whatever knowledge I think I have or whatever I've learned over the years, then somebody's going to use that. And maybe some of it comes back to me. Maybe it doesn't. But that is this new place of selling that I've found comfort in. That's something you can be at a network event, being genuinely interested in other people and what they do. Not because you're trying to sell them something, but because you're just an authentic human being. It means a lot in today's world. Last week was LSU Bama hate week, right? And we're not going to talk about the outcome of the game. I'm going to stay above board on that. But one of the things that I still do with my former clients in Louisiana, and I do this a little bit with some of our clients that have an interest in SEC football, is that I send out my funny little Bama hate week texts every day. I used to send these via email, but now I send them via text. And one of the ones that I sent last week was Nick Saban uses Vienna sausage in his gumbo. And it's not hurtful. It's just being funny. But it's one of those things that I paid attention over the years to my clients and the teams that they like. And it was just a little reminder, a little funny. And I think doing small things like that, even if you're taking those little digs, is a way to make it personal. But it gets away from that whole idea of I've got to sell them something. And there's an authenticity in that reminder that I think is just something that I made uniquely to me. But if you find those things that make you authentically you, it's a way to stay in front of your clients. Make sure that you don't use the idea of, hey, I'm authentic in your conversation. Being authentic doesn't mean you tell people you're authentic. Being authentic means that you're comfortable with who you are. You're comfortable what your connectedness to the conversation is. And there's a risk in this marketer's world, in this idea for broad reach, like this mass approach that everybody wants to try to take. That's not how you build an audience. That's not what giving things away really is about. I tend to share stuff that maybe 10 to 15 years ago, I don't know that I was comfortable sharing. I would have thought that these are some secret sauce things or some things that, ooh, this gives me an edge in the marketplace. And I see this idea that you don't have to be that way and succeed. That's not how you succeed in a world like we have today. There's so much Ned Ryerson's actually in the marketing selling arenas today of mass social media that it's really easy to find authenticity if you truly are just being who you are. That's the aha for me. I brag and talk and promote these guys over at 37 Signals a lot. They are this sort of core authentic software company. It has nothing to do with insurance. They don't even play, to my knowledge, in the insurance space. They build software and they do it on a small scale and they compete with gigantic organizations and they make fun of Google and they make fun of Microsoft and they do all this stuff because they're authentic and they have this huge following. They're like the Grateful Dead version of software. You would never hear them on the top 40 radio station if they were a music group. They would be on that indie college station. Yeah, they would be on the indie college station. They know who their followers are. They're who they are. There's just something really fantastic about that. What is the biggest piece of advice that you could give someone 
about selling in this hard market. It's okay to own the price increases. It's okay to just be real. Hey, the world is increasing. Inflation's hitting everything. Insurance is part of it. The thing that we may tend to do in a market like this is stay in the price game and say, let me see if I can help you save some money. I don't love that approach still because I just don't think it gets you that solid long-term customer. The second thing that I see some agents doing that I really love is in this type of market, you can choose your clients. You can really be good at being selective, cherry-picking clients that are not going to drive you nuts. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but that's where we are. If you've got a limited capacity with some carriers and you can only write so many accounts a month, then be selective. Don't give that away to just just any customer. I love that type of thought as well. And I'm seeing some agents do that very well. I had to brag on one of our team members there in our home office in Huntington. We have a great team member, Billy Russell, who runs our monoline auto book that we separated out about two years ago. And I got a message from him yesterday that said, so I'm working on this monoline auto book and I came across your name and realized you do not have your homeowner's insurance with us. I'd love to see what we can do to get your account rounded out. And I came back and I I said, hey, Billy, if you really wish to write homeowner's insurance in the great state of Florida, I am happy to move my business. And he said, I would love to move to Florida. And it, the conversation went on from there. And I shared with him about that my rental policy and my commercial with those properties in Louisiana is with one of our partners and that you and I had discussed it not to move it from him and that our watercraft is with another one of our partners that was a watercraft specialist. And then again, us being in Florida, there were some challenges with that. And he came back and he said, okay, you're all good. You're a really tricky one. And then he sent me a, a funny picture of a guy like hiding behind his car and said, from now on, when you call me, this is what I'm going to do. And it was totally authentic. It was a great conversation. And he got why I'm a monoline auto customer of the home office now. But I really love that he wasn't even afraid to reach out to me because some people, for some reason, are afraid of our leadership team, which to me is nuts because we're all just human beings. But I loved the authenticity of how he reached out to me to try to sell me yesterday. Yeah, you're not a very good customer. You're a part-time customer across six agencies. You realize that? Three, very... just three agencies, but they all go through your system. <laughs> That's a good point. I guess it's four if you include my homeowners because y'all didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't want your homeowners. So yeah, I have four insurance agents. That's awful. That yeah. sounds like a bad podcast. It doesn't it. But you are right in that you have some unique challenges. And so I'm obviously kidding there. And But the reality of it is that you did find experts in all of those areas. And so I do love that. Billy's a really good example of using your personality. He's big personality, loves to have fun, joke around, and he just owns that. And that's why he's going to be successful long term in the insurance business. I've known Billy since he was probably in elementary school. I will get these random texts from him. And that is his personality. 
He'll send me some goofy picture or send me something he saw in town and have a little funny insurance comment about it. When you tell that story about your interaction with him, because I know who he is, that is exactly how he would be at a networking event. It's exactly how he would be at a Christmas party. If you were eating dinner in his house with him, if he was hosting you for dinner, that's exactly how he would be. There is no different Billy. It's just Billy. And he's the same all the time. So many of us out in the world today trying to find our way and make our path and sell and be successful, we think we have to be something different. That authenticity is your personality. It's who you are and you are enough and you will find your people and you can have success in finding those people. In a hard market, it's even more important that you find your people and you are who you are. Another thing that I loved about the message that I got from Billy was the simplicity of it. It wasn't this long, drawn out, developed, whatever. It was just a, hey, I came across you. How can I help you? Last night I was on a call with a group of people and they were talking about developing an event and they were working toward it in 2025. And I hopped in and I'm like, what about 2024? And they were like, it'll take that long to develop the event. And in my brain, I'm going, okay, one of the biggest parties that they have in Northeast Louisiana is an event called Platforms and Polyester. And it is a huge party. It sells out every year. I'm not there any longer, so it's not my baby anymore. But this was my, it was my baby. It was my brainchild. It was this, this great 70s party, live music. Everybody shows up dressed. And one of the things that I'm really proud of in my career that has been a long-term success. But I think back to how that got started and it was a, let's do this. What can happen? Like we can have a flop and six weeks later, we have a giant party and this giant party is still happening 10, 11 years later. And so sometimes it doesn't need to be overly formulated. Sometimes to quote the advertising execs at Nike, just do it and you can fix it next year. You can fix it if it doesn't work. But we don't have to overdevelop those sales emails. Just send them. And I know I'm preaching to the choir and I should feel triggered. And I see the look on your face. I get it. I get it. I get it. You do not have to be perfect. You know, I was going to say it. Perfectionism, it gets the best of us. I am guilty of it. It's really important. We just go sometimes. And yes, I'm not saying don't prepare. Don't ever prepare. I'm not saying that you should just fly by the seat of your pants. That is not what I'm saying. No. Run it through Grammarly. Make sure everything is spelled, punctuated correctly. That's all I ask. Yeah. If you need to bounce it off of a mentor or someone that you trust, fine. I do that. But don't bounce it off 10 of them. No. If you want to be confused at a higher level, bounce it off 20. Bounce it off 10. Stop bouncing things off too many people. Bounce it off one or two. Really close circle and see what happens. Get their feedback and go. We do this in the world today. We overthink analysis, paralysis by analysis, however that's what that saying is. It is just where we are. Like we don't want to, maybe it's the social media effect on this. Like we don't want to be the cringe viral 
insurance guy or something. I don't know what it is, but I know we overthink so much and we need to be more about the doing. Earlier, I referenced the Disney guest experience thing. And to me, when it comes to sales, those are so, so, so important. And that's what Disney does best, right? And Disney did a Gallup poll with 6,000 guests asking them what they most wanted out of their Disney experience. And you would think that it would come back with something about movies or characters or rides or food or all of those things that we think are what make Disney great. But the four things that came out of it, and I loved this because they paralleled our core values. What Disney guests most wanted were make me feel special, treat me as an individual, show respect, and have knowledgeable employees. And to me, when it comes to sales, Disney's the best. They really are. They're absolutely fantastic. But those are their Disney guest expectations. And when we take make me feel special, treat me as an individual, show respect, and have knowledgeable employees and apply those in our agencies, how can we not sell? It's authentic. That screams, show me authenticity, because that's people laying it out there. This is what's important to me. And we tend to try to make it something that people don't even really care about. They don't really care about the flash or they don't really care about the big brands necessarily. It's that connection. One of the core values that we operate under is make it personal. And the first thing when you start saying this, I'm like, yeah, this is make it personal all wrapped up in several things. And what make it personal means to us is put yourself in their shoes, the golden rule. If this was me, what would I want to happen? All of those things are wrapped up in make it personal. I love that. And I love that our team has embraced that. That's been a major change, I think, over the last three, four, five years of our organization, people just looking through the lens of make it personal and say, how would I want to be talked to? Do I want to be sold or do I want to be informed, educated and explained properly in plain English? That's also part of that make it personal is it's just authentic when you spin it around and go, okay, I'm talking to a non-insurance person. I don't need to insurance speak them to death. The thing about make it personal is that to me, that one's not only about our customers, it's about yourself. And if you have a client that is not treating you or your team members the way they should be treated, it's okay to make it personal about you too and walk away when that sale is not worth the aggravation and the time and the in some cases, abuse that you or your team members are receiving. So yes, make it personal about the customer, but it's okay to make it personal about you as well. From a leadership standpoint, we owe that to our staff. We owe that to our teams to always think through that and put yourself in your account manager's shoes who's taking the brunt of an angry customer or a frustrated customer. Back to this market, we can choose our customers. It's okay to choose your customer. And at the core of the salesperson that most insurance agencies are operated by, we're naturally operated and owned by salespeople. Part of the goal of this podcast at its core function is to help salespeople 
transition to ownership. And they are different things because a salesperson never wants to lose a customer, always wants to close the deal, always wants to make the sale. A business owner wants to take care of their employees so that they'll take care of their customers. The Richard Branson statement. That's what a business owner does. A business owner moves down that path of, hey, this is not a good customer. We do not need to keep this relationship. We need to help them move on down the road to another agency. As a business owner, that's what you have to do. And that's a transition from salesperson to this business ownership mindset. Staying with make it personal when it comes to sales. To me, you cannot make it personal if everything is transactional. I saw a reel on Instagram this week with a lady asking, what's wrong with being transactional? I shouldn't have to meet you for coffee five times before I'm able to ask you for something that I need. And I agreed with that. But I also think that's a that, that's an extreme measure. And I did agree with that to a certain extent. It's not that you're having to go out and meet for coffee and having these long-term discussions in order to be their full-time agent. If you want to do that, that's great. There's a happy medium between this idea that I have to spend five coffee dates developing a relationship and being completely transactional. I'm just going to sell you your car insurance when you call me for car insurance. What that says to me is that you're really not there to develop a relationship or a friendship. You're there to develop a sale. This is one of those things that somebody could maybe tilt their head sideways and go, Shane, what are you talking about? I got to sell something to eat. I get it. But are you really in the same relationship mindset? Is this person that wants to keep having coffee with you, are they just wanting a relationship? Are they wanting a friendship or what is happening here? But if you're sitting there upset that you're having to go to another coffee, then maybe you are in it for the wrong things, right? Maybe you guys are not on the same page. When you started talking about relationships or transactional nature of things, this book I read several years ago, a coach named Matt Deggs, I think he's now the coach at Louisiana Lafayette. He was the coach at Sam Houston State, baseball coach. When a video of a press conference went viral uh, several years ago now, after Sam Houston's improbable run to a super series and they got their tail whipped, I think by LSU at the time in the third game, right? They run out of pitching. They got beat like 20 something to two. Not a great feeling when you're one game away from Omaha. And in that press conference, Matt Deggs revealed that he's not a transactional coach. He revealed his commitment to his guys. And and he used to be a transactional coach. Hey, you do this for me, I play you. And he moved to a different place. And we have to be able to do that. Relationship selling starts with relationship. You really don't have to sell if you built the relationship. That relationship comes in many different forms and fashions. And you just have to question yourself. If you're not enjoying the coffee date, then maybe you're in it for the wrong things. Or maybe this is just not a relationship you want to pursue. Then move on. But don't get frustrated because you're not making a sale on your fifth coffee date. Your prospect is obviously showing up for the coffee date for different reasons than you are. I'm going to leave us today with former Steelers coach Chuck Knoll. A life of frustration is inevitable for any coach whose main enjoyment is winning. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com.
Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.